Hi, everybody. This is Mike Rothman. And it's our TechStrong Research Review. This is episode two. Um, I'm GM of TechStrong Research. I, I, I keep forgetting to introduce myself in the beginning of these things, so I wanted to do that. Um, and I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime. Uh, not really, right? He's he's definitely not a felon in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but yeah, Mitch Ash, how are you, Mitch? Yeah, that, not that I know. That's I'm right. doing that's well. Right. Not that I'll admit, admit on video, but yeah, thanks, Mike. Good to, to be here. Of course, principal with TechStrong Research and uh, CTO with TechStrong Group. And I also forget to introduce myself when I'm doing kind yes. of hosting of videos. So yeah, I mean, we're, you're, we're, you're we do this company. stuff, you know, kind of often enough where we just kind of forget and we we make assumptions and, and we really shouldn't. So just to to review, right? The, review the review, right? So the TechStrong, the TechStrong Research Review, the review squared, um, hmm. the TechStrong Research review uh, is really kind of our internal research meeting. So so we chat, you know, for three or four minutes before we uh, get going about, hey, what here are the general topics that we want to talk about? But it's not like a newsy thing, right? What we want to do is kind of, you know, focus on an area that we've either had calls at, we're doing cool research uh, or what have you um, that we can really dig into for, you know, 15, 20, 25 minutes uh, every week uh, to give you guys a sense of, you know, kind of how we do our research, right? And, and what it is and that what we're the analysts thinking, are thinking right? What's in our heads? Yeah. yeah, what's in our heads at any given day? So, so there were, there were a couple of different topics that we had uh, underway today. Um, why don't we start with you, Mitch? I know you were looking at um, a SysDig report that uh, really focused on kind of the latest and greatest in you know kind of container posture and and, and images and um, typo squatting and all sorts of other things that I don't <laughs> know that thing. I quite understand yet. So why, why don't you enlighten all of us about? Oh this? yeah, no, certainly. You know, no, uh, SysDig came out with their report. It's their um, Cloud Native Threat Report they do annually, and uh, you know they talk about crypto, crypto mining, and all that kind of thing, which is, of course gets headlines. But you know, okay, who cares? I don't. I mean, we do, but you know, whatever. What I found particularly interesting was, um, you know, we used to talk about virtual images, VSMs having you know potential vulnerabilities built to them because you've got all that software the operating system and everything you know whatever's in that vm of course there's libraries of vms and all that kind of thing so scanning images was always a, an important thing we talked about with with whatever we were using vmware or whatever uh, and now this kind of same thing is really true of course about containers that we haven't really talked about that heavily they did a nice i think a uh, good job their their trt research team did some uh, scanning of Docker Hub is one of the public, most common public right. course resources. Their uh, their library of uh, container images, and of course, Docker has you know some processes to go through. They have some guidelines that are defined. They have a, a independent software vendor uh, program for people to upload images. You can also others can also upload images. And of course, they're not the only source for for container images. Of course, there's a lot of software, not just our own, that goes into a container, right? Open source, you know, right. some operating systems, up, et cetera, libraries, all kinds of things. And it was pretty interesting. They, they um, scanned, I think it was like 250,000 images. And the kind of things that they found, which you know, wouldn't be surprising to a security person, but when you think about the supply chain issues, you know, they're finding, of course, embedded credentials and things like that. But there's other things like uh, proxy avoidance, um, you know, dynamic DNS registrations, uh, malicious code, of course, um, SSH keys, API keys, things that are going to let attackers get back in. So what, what it really reminded me of, of, 
you know, we're like, oh, go check out containers. It's the next next greatest thing. And it's part you got to do it to do cloud native. And we all go out and go to Docker Hub or whatever. And that's that's now part of our dev test production yeah. environment. And we've been through that cycle before, Mike. We have, right? So so when you were first talking about the, the findings to, to me, I'm like, God, that sounds a lot like the discussions I had to have with, you know, all sorts of people as we were getting in the cloud, right? And they were starting to pull down, you know, AWS AMIs or, you know, kind of images for VMs in Azure. And, and or even if we go back in time a little bit further, right? Any app that you're loading up on your phone, especially the Android phone, right? I mean, Apple's a little bit more of a closed ecosystem uh, from that standpoint. But Android, I mean, all sorts of, you know, nonsense and, and bad stuff was getting uh, into their um, app stores until they, they locked it down, kind of, right? So they, they are enforcing a little bit better policies now. And same thing, AWS, they enforce a little bit policies, but you still have things that, you know, kind of sneak through. So the verified, right? Using verified images, verified containers, it, it's critical. And you actually have to have that within um, your pipeline, right? So when you go to your artifact repository or Docker hub or whatever you're doing when you're kind of doing the CI process, you've got to have, you know, kind of a verification, hopefully a signed type of, of verification so that you can, you know, go back and, and attribute it to a, a certain, you know, kind of provider um, because you're going to get that kind of stuff. I mean, anytime you're pulling a component from anything, there's an opportunity for it to have a little surprise in there, right? And 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 for most security professionals, we don't like surprises, right? No surprises. Uh, so, I mean, that's really just best practice on that front. Yeah, I think uh, as security professionals, you know, it's sort of the X Files: trust no one, right? It's a little, little well, but trust, trust but verify, right? And, and and I think you know, and, and, and the whole idea of you know, kind of requiring signed images, containers, apps, whatever it is, is a way to start do that verification process. Is it foolproof? Of course not, right? Nothing is going to be foolproof. Some stuff is going to, you know, kind of fit in. But what we're trying to do is really kind of narrow that attack surface, really, you know, kind of make sure that we're doing the greatest level of diligence that we can up front. And this just highlights the fact that, again, you're going to find nonsense in these, you know, kind of hubs and, and, and aggregation points and marketplaces uh, and buyer beware. Right, buyer beware. I think that's probably the best message. You know, I think I think the good news about this is we've already, since we've already been through this process before, right, with other kind of images, is as the security professionals want to work with the software developers, they can easily come and say, "Hey, we know about this issue. We already have scanning tools. We can help you plug that into your workflow pipeline, your tool chain, whatever process." You may be aware of this issue, you may not be, but let us help you. And then that way you won't have any issues down the line. Anything, anything you do download, we have a good chance of catching. But yes, it's good hygiene to get them from these locations that are verified, yeah. that kind of thing. So so while there's a lot of this stuff present, um, it's it's not, you know, the sky's not falling. It's not chicken little, right? We've, we've solved well, this problem. Right. We'll Again, it, it, same it, way. It, it gets back. We, we're trying to reduce the attack surface from that standpoint. You're always going to have exceptions where you've got a new library or something that you absolutely have to, you know, integrate into the code or the container or what have you. And that's fine. But I would rather kick that out of the pipeline and force a, a separate, you know, human intervention at that point to basically say, no, no, we, we, we've got to go through some process to make sure that you're doing at least a, a, a smidgen of diligence uh, on that to ensure that, again, you're not putting the rest of the production 
production environment at risk. And that's what we're talking about here, right? If you have, you know, kind of, and it's not just, you know, you just, okay, so you, you leave some credentials in there. It's bad. They get access to, you know, some of your cloud stuff. Okay. Right. Not, not great, but, you know, you, you, you put, you know, kind of compromised code uh, in something that you deploy into prod. And that's not something that's going to be obvious, right? That's something where they can get in, maintain persistence um, and, and run roughshod over your infrastructure for an extended period of time. And that's the stuff we really have to avoid. Which, by the way, tying back to crypto mining, that was the most common uh, exploit they found in the images was embedded ways of people to getting back to use your resources yeah. to do crypto mining. Right? But listen, remote access Trojans are still a thing. They, they don't work exactly the same, but... You know, they're they're still a thing. You New know, ways of doing and, the same. We want to, you know, figure out a way to, to to penetrate the environment and and maintain presence there, and you know, kind of do recon and then you know, loot it out, right? And that's that's the game. That's still the game. Yeah, they also talked about uh, typo squatting that you mentioned, which I, I, maybe that's a term you'd heard of. I hadn't heard that before, but it's fancy name for fishing for developers, right? Let's yeah. rename something to a nice open source package that isn't. Or well, that is it. But you know, you've been dealing with AMIs. Way. You've been dealing with you, you know, and 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 especially on the app side. I mean, you know, you're looking for a popular app. They change, like they put a hyphen in or an underscore or something, and it shows up in the library, and people don't do their diligence, and they just you know download stuff, and and it's compromised, and you know mayhem ensues, and you know wash, rinse, and repeat, and you know, so we, we see the same common things, right? The same types of attacks every time you get a new you know kind of mechanism to we're gonna do this same thing, right? And this is a repository. So we're going to see the typical attacks that you see on reposit on public repositories. Yeah. So it, I mean, it's the thing about containers, I think is an, interesting about this is, you know, where VSMs often are like operating systems and a lot of software in it, where containers can be, be parts of that, but also a lot of application stuff. So I can't think of it like, the processor architecture, right? Northbound and southbound, east and westbound. You got to go both through the stack and then also in and out of what you're talking to. So think about security at all layers and all yeah. in both directions, in and out. And, and you've got a better chance of catching those things or finding them early. That's right. And that's what it is. It's finding them early. And that and and having a process to deal with it. And, and again, you know, just to kind of bring it back full circle, right? You you when you build out these containers, you do it, you know, via a pipeline. You want to have, you know, kind of testing and you know, kind of really failing builds, right? You know, in that pipeline when when they don't adhere to these specific policies. And that is going to be your best defense over time. Mm-hmm. Speaking of APIs, you were you had some thoughts on that. I know you've been looking at some things. I did, and you know it was it was as always, right? It's just a number of calls that that we have. We we we've had this API security report we've been working on out there for you know since I started, right? So you know, so it's it, it's about a quarter now that it's just been kind of you know hanging out there. So you know, get back in. We start to do some research. You know, we've got the Cloud Container Summit coming up on October fourth. Yes. So come in and uh, register for that. We're also you know co-promoting uh, uh, an event on October 26th with our pals from Salt Security, um, you know, called API Security Summit Context Matters. Uh, so you can register for that. Both of those events are, uh, you can link, uh, find the links on uh, the uh, TechStrong Events uh, event, or I guess techstrongevents.com link and just hit upcoming events and, and that stuff will be there. But, you know, the interesting thing to me is, y- you know, APIs are becoming just 
common, right? And, and everybody does it. And, you know, we kind of were working on a report this week and, you know, we were using terms like API first, you know, development me mentality and stuff. And, and I kind of reflected on the fact that, you know, this isn't my world at this point. So I'm still, you know, kind of drinking from the fire hose and, and, and figuring things out. So I figured it would be good if we just kind of went through a little bit in terms of what that process looks like, right? We, we decide we want to do an API. We build the API. How do we instrument it to make sure, you know, we're understanding what's happening and, and tracking, you know, kind of activity there. There's the API management layer. Obviously, there's the API security layer as well, which is how are we, you know, evaluating what access that API provides to internal data and critical data on that front. How are we ensuring that those APIs aren't misused? And it could be a DDoS type of thing. So I just wanted to, you know, again, have just a stream of consciousness type thing for my API expert here in terms of, you know, really that whole process of, you know, kind of I start and I need to build this thing out. What do I need to do to protect it um, and, and make sure that it's done in a performant way since we deal with obviously much more than security in, in our world at Techstrom Research and bring it through that whole process of, you know, down to actual deployment and then, you know, kind of monitoring and, and, and management to ensure that it's not compromised and misused. Yeah, I think maybe to help, to help our security friends, you know, I, we used to think about APIs as how you got into something or go out, right? Mostly, how did people get to my app, right? And it was a pretty limited set of APIs we might publish or, or make accessible. API first is about Everything is accessed through an API. In the container world, containers talk to each other, or microservices talk to each other through usually Kubernetes API gateway or, or a message bus or some kind of structure. But the point being is, you know, every service is an API. It's not code that's all linked together and calls each other. Well, it does, but it does it through APIs. And, and it's kind of like the application uses its own APIs to use, to, to use other parts of itself. So for example, you might have a product that has APIs that doesn't have a GUI. Your product is only right. accessible through APIs. A lot of the cloud services are that way. Maybe they have an API to manage it or configure it. Maybe even not even that. And that's the whole idea behind API first. And then there's sort of one more step beyond that, which is API as products. And that's what I was referring to is people use our products through APIs. That's what you're, that's how you get to it. That's how you use it. And that's how you gain value from it. And so reason why I say all that is there's now this idea, idea of continuous API management, where you think about APIs having a life cycle like we would a product or we would a uh, a router or a switch in the network world, right? Where there's the sort of the definition period where you're defining and you're experimenting with it and you have some initial prototyping and people using it in an alpha way. You publish it, make it accessible both to your own internally as well as potentially externally. There's a point where you may kind of get into the maintenance mode, you get into a sunset mode and a deprecation mode. Uh, or, you know, you have some kind of grandfather backward compatibility right. with the next API that's going to replace it. APIs are a little difficult to replace because now you got to go change code. So that's why this whole backwards compatibility with APIs and thinking about it as a life cycle uh, and an evolution and, and, and it'll kind of layers of how it evolves. And that's how software developers now think about APIs, not just getting in and out of my app, because you, you really have to manage it or else it's chaos. I mean, it's, you know, that's right. And, and, 
And, and that's kind of, you know, the first point that I'll bring. There's a class of tool, right, for API management, right, to help you do that and manage these things across uh, its entire life cycle, right? So maybe give a little sense of, of what those things look like and, and how we integrate those into the development process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, it, when we talk about API security, oftentimes it's about discovery. Well, you know, in the security world, we always talk about, we got to know what we have to be able to secure it and manage right. it, right? I think another thing that's mindsets that has to change is we we're talking about scanning before we're talking about discovery of APIs. That isn't a point in time activity because in the software world, everything can change at any moment and without your notice, whether it's third party services or your own code, your own APIs by use, being used by some other group or whatever. So it has to be built into the process of how you create create applications, build code, test it, deploy it, right, right. have it in production. And that is a continuous, you know, the the DevOps loop that looks like the infinity circle. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. really work that way. It's a bunch of a bunch of infinity circles that are all <laughs> happening and all those steps all at the same time. And any one of them can change production or multiple of them at, at any point in time. So we have to think about security as continuous. It's always we're always in a in a posture mode of checking security That's and managing right. it, like we do in a network you know, from a protocol and, and, and transport across the wire, right. Seeing those packets or whatever flowing, it's kind of the same way with software. Well, I would actually posit it's exactly the same way with, with software, because ultimately those requests, they look different than, you know, kind of the session type information that we had to, and state information that we had in, in kind of more traditional applications with, you know, kind of the, the protocols that ran those. So these are different, but they still traverse the network. Right. So so monitoring that network, looking for API traffic, understanding, using that as a mechanism for discovery. Right. It's wonderful. If you know about the APIs, you can build instrumentation code into the API. You can have it ping other services. So you're understanding about performance and, and usage and, and be able to track and profile um, and identify misuse from that standpoint. It's the ones we don't know about that can hurt us. Right. So that's why, you know, kind of doing the analysis on network traffic, doing passive monitoring, understanding understanding what API traffic is there, you know, kind of using kind of like attack surface management, but API surface management. And I don't know if that's a thing right in the category, but it, it would sound, it you know, kind of it is right. So, you know, what you're doing is, is you're identifying this traffic, then you're going hitting the API, seeing what it can access, right. You know, profiling all of that using fancy math uh, to, you know, understand what would, you know, kind of be anomalous in that kind of situation. And this is a thing, right. Because this is the way applications are being built now. So it's not a matter of, hey, I'll just use my API gateway as a mechanism to do that. Well, sure. I mean, if we're trying to groom the traffic and we're trying to make sure that it's performant and, you know, we want to try to aggregate stuff that's there, necessary, but not sufficient, I think is, is a great way to put that. Is that, yes, we still need the API gateways. We want to layer security in just like we do uh, on, you know, kind of WAFs as they work with, you know, CDN devices and as mm -hmm. they've gone towards uh, services on that front, you know, we want to embed security within the API gateway layer to the degree that it, that we can, right? But it's not enough. We need to be watching outside of that as well. Well, I think that's a really important part because the gateway is an essential element, you know, API gateway, web application firewall, whatever it might be. 
Um, but it's not just filtering and controlling ta- traffic. Yes, it's doing kind of access control for APIs, but there's also things like key management, key rotation. And these are things that are being done in you know seconds and minutes, not days and weeks, right? How often right. maybe rotating keys in the APIs that are being accessed. Um, and credentials, you know, not talking about credentials being stored in containers and of course in our code and things like that. We don't that with that exposed. So there's that's all part of that continuous API management. When you think about the security layers and all aspects of it, it's a continuous process to your point. Yep, exactly. So, you know, and anyhow, what we're trying to do here is to bring up some of these things that everybody needs to keep in mind, right? Yeah, and, and we'll peg them to news things like our conferences, right? October 4th, you know, October 26th, uh, come visit us, learn learn a lot more. But really the point of what we're trying to do here in a, in a fairly crisp uh, and, and quick format is, is to give everybody a sense of, again, not just what we're thinking, but some depth and some context for why this stuff uh, is important as you move along that journey from how we were dealing with a whole bunch of traditional stuff now that we you know are, are embracing both cloud native but also devops as a mechanism to you know kind of build and then deploy a lot of these cloud native concepts and and and, and infrastructures uh and obviously the code that kind of runs within uh, all of the above so yeah you know very interesting space very dynamic I, again I'm kind of the new guy still have still have a little bit of new car smell Although after my first quarter, um, you, you know, it's starting to wear off and it's starting to become my problem uh, from that standpoint. But it's been great for me because I'm able to, you know, really just learn. Right. And then what I'm trying to do is learn and, and, and feel all the context. So I'm not a lot different than a lot of you folks out there. I'm trying to get my arms around all the different nuances of how these things fit together. Obviously, I have a grounding on the security side that helps provide a lot of the context and being, you know, working in a number of different have SecOps type motions and, and, and you know, kind of uh, following the API security space for, uh, you know, since it began, right? So that's given me a bit of context on there, but, you know, kind of how the, the the sausage is actually made, that's, that's another thing entirely, right? And that's exciting for me to learn. Hopefully it's exciting for you guys to learn. And hopefully you're, you know, picking up a few tidbits here and there from our Tech Strong Research Review. So any parting thoughts, Mitch, before we kind of let everybody get on with their day? Well, I want to shamelessly plug our website, techstrongresearch.com, because all our reports are free. There's a lot of great stuff. We have pulse meters and things like that that will get published up there. The other thing I want to recommend, APIs are a great thing for security people to kind of sink their teeth into in the software world and start, because it makes sense. Like, it's a protocol, right? It's things that we understand, um, but it gets you an understand about, okay, API microservices and containers we kind of get and... You can put the pieces together and there's some really great, you know, 15 minute overview on Kubernetes, 10 minute overview on containers and Docker, whatever. I, you know, you don't need to be a software expert, just like we, you know, shifting left is not going to make uh, software people security experts. There's a lot of great videos, though, that I always recommend people take advantage of it because it's just, it gives you that context. And like, okay, there are, and, and one thing that, that, you know, you folks can try out, there's something that we're doing right here as well, right? You know, we've got a, a workforce that, you know, may not be, you know, technically grounded to the degree that, that, that we are uh, and, and training them on, you know, kind of the coverage areas and the things that we do is a corporate imperative. So what we did is we basically have a theme every month, right? And every week we post in our, you know, internal Slack channels, a number 
of resources for everybody in the company, for somebody who does sales, right? Somebody that's managing events, you know, the, our social media folks. I mean, everybody in the company has to participate in this, ask questions. And by the way, everybody has to, it's a mandatory thing. You've got to ask questions in the Slack channel during the week. And then at the end of the month, we actually do a Jeopardy game. And, and that's where we're recording that today. Or we're, we're playing that today, uh, in fact. Um, and it's been great. Right. It's been great because everybody feels like, you know, kind of they're learning, they're growing, they're understanding the, the core kind of content, uh, concepts that drive our business. Um, and it's fun because it's a game, right? People can win. So we give some prizes and, you know, that kind of thing. But I, I really love this idea. I mean, it really was just a fantastic idea that, that one of our folks, I think our, our CEO, our, our head of uh, operations uh, came up with. Um, because again, you need to have a way to really engage everybody in constant learning. Because if there's one thing about these areas and technology is that they are changing very rapidly uh, and having a, a real mechanism to kind of force that, you know, learning on a, on a weekly basis is, is absolutely critical. You know, and it helps the people in the know. You know, I'm I'm off, often answering questions like, "Yeah, how did you decide which container technology to use, or how you decide what API?" Blah blah blah. So I'm having to like, okay, how do I explain this in a way that I'm talking to an yeah. audience that's learning this? So I have to really put my thoughts together and be clear about it. And sometimes I am, sometimes not so much. <laughs> like which means all of us. more Slack that's messages, right. but to get there. But it helps us as we communicate with with each other internally as well as externally. So it's all good. To, and we have our Jeopardy today and host Alan Schimmel. You know, Alan likes we to do. host anything. We do. So. He, listen, he's not Alex Trebek, right? Oh, no. no, no. Nobody is. Nobody is. Nobody is. I'm not even sure he's my Mbialik. <laughs> so, you, you know, but... There's He's only Alan. One Alan Schimmel. Yeah, there is only one Alan Schimmel. So that is that is absolutely we love him. It's <laughs> great. Well, good. Be sure and check out our website. And you mentioned the uh, Cloud Container Sec uh, Summit on October 4th and the SALT API Security Context Matters on what, the 24th of October, right? 26th. 26th. October 26th. Thank you. Thank you for that correction. Good chatting again with you, Mike. Always. And we will see you next week for our next TechStrong Research Review. In the meantime, again, be safe, enjoy yourself, and learn a bit, right? That's our goal for every week is to make sure you exit the week a little bit smarter than you started. Info at techstrongresearch.com. Reach out to us.